Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Well, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory, sales staff is great, service department awesome, and it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ravens and Steelers game has been moved to Sunday afternoon, but that's all they'll say. They, don't, they have not said what time it's going to be. There are seven positives for Baltimore, including, by the way, Trace McSorley. Um, Patrick McCarry, Matt Sakura, and Calais Campbell have been moved to the COVID-19 reserve list. So they now have seven players who have either tested positive or have been identified as close contacts. Juju Smith-Schuster not happy about it. First, the NFL takes away our bye week because another team can't get their COVID situation together. Now they take away our Thanksgiving primetime game for the same reason. Early Wednesday, some Ravens players expressed concern about player. Player safety. What a joke. Ravens defensive end Derek Wolf tweeted. It's the first time since 2005 the NFL only have two games on Thanksgiving. They've got Houston and Detroit, and they've got the Titanic battle between Dallas and Washington. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The winner will be the first team in the East to get the four wins. Oh, yeah. Which will dump your team out of first place. That is correct. And probably for good. Monday night, you're not winning. No. It's the way it is. Unfortunately. Have you have you seen the Seattle quarterback? Yeah, he's uh five and against Doug Peterson. Pretty good. Yeah. Well Doug doesn't coach the defense, but that's all right. Chris Mack today, 335. Mike Golick, 406. King at 435. And then we have this extravaganza coming up on Friday. Guy Godowski, Jim Ferry, James Franklin, Ed Sherman. It's pretty good. Very strong Friday lineup as you drive around, maybe with the opportunity to buy some 
items out there on Black Friday. Um, check out our website. It's become an annual tradition. The suit has put down sizes and color preferences. I just think it's sad to beg that way, but this is me. This is the guy yesterday that sat in front of the magic radio waiting for Santa. I'm sorry, I find that sad. I do. I mean, even Lawrence, who wasn't surprised by anything, even Mark walked by and rolled his eyes and kept going. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Is he even in today? Yes, he is still here. Really? Wow, I'm impressed. Oh, yeah, he's a hard worker, our Mark Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence is still there. I didn't ask about Mark. I assume Mark was working. I'm talking about you-know-who. Oh, oh, yeah, he's still here. Yeah. Okay. Because there were times when he was doing the show, he left. <laughs> so I... He was, uh, he's been a little unhappy today with the Raven Steelers moving to Sunday. Why? It has nothing to do with him. Well, because we have to change things up now on the on the Valley, our uh, flagship station around here for the Steelers. So, partially that. And I guess he was looking forward to a little Steeler football after Turkey Day. Really? Well, I was. That was the best game of the day. Uh, I'm trying to think if I was going to watch. Um. Yeah, that was that was the only game I was looking forward to. <laughs> now I got Detroit against Houston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Washington and Dallas. I mean, Washington and Dallas, two, three, and seven teams is your marquee game. If the NFL was smart, I know it's four twenty-five worthy, but they really should keep it at one. Because I don't think you want Raven Steelers to be at the same time as Chiefs Bucks. No, I'd flex out the Packers and the Bears. I'd put it there. I could see that as well. I would be okay with that too. I also have a suggestion for what the Big Ten should do with Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota. They played 113 straight years. As of right now, as of right now, Technically, Wisconsin is really two games out of first place in the division with three to play. Because even if Northwestern loses, they win. They're still tied for first. They still have to win another game. Northwestern has to lose again because Northwestern has the tiebreaker. All right? So here's my suggestion. On that weekend, which is undefined on December 19th, where the Big Ten Championship game is being played, um between the East winner and the West winner. Well, if what Wisconsin's not that team, why did you have Wisconsin play Minnesota that day? That's it's fair. Not cro- it's not a crossover game. I know it's not a crossover game because they keep talking about crossover games. Well, who says you have to have a crossover game? Who says? For example, Maryland and Michigan State didn't play. Why don't you have Maryland and Michigan State play? Two Eastern Division teams head-to-head and have two uh, West teams, Wisconsin and Minnesota, play. 
don't stop the streak. You have the power to keep the streak going. You have the power for them to play each other on December 19th because right now it's not a defined weekend as to who you play. Why don't you do that? Now, the fact I suggested it means they won't. <laughs> uh, Jones. But I think it would be something that would be uplifting for everybody. Especially, you know, I'm talking about especially people who uh, follow Wisconsin and Minnesota football. They played every year since 1907. Every year. World War One, Spanish flu, World War Two, you name it. They've played. Well, let them play this game. Who says it has to be two versus two and six versus six? Who says? You can make this whole thing up as you go. That's the theme of this show. <laughs> Absolutely. But I just, again, in all seriousness, they should do that. Why not? They'd be good for the game if they did it. Does it really matter if Wisconsin plays, I don't know, Indiana? That's what I would do. Which, of course, means no. <laughs> and also, too, Logic and the Big Ten have not mixed, basically, since all this began. So, there's that. Well, there's been a few things over the years where it hasn't mixed. But, let's see. Scores. Illinois leads North Carolina A&T 73-27, 17 minutes ago, first half. Ohio State leads Illinois State 50-30, to 16 minutes ago in the game there. Houston's jumped out to a 12-4 Lead over Lamar with 13 minutes to go first half. Virginia pounded Towson. This is a final 89-54. to So that's college basketball on opening day. So here's college basketball on opening day. And Penn State was supposed to play today, postponed. And they'll work out a date between the two. They're working on it. Today, as we speak, uh, they gave the players today off. Talk about the basketball players. The um, Nick Saban will not coach the Iron Bowl game against Auburn because remember the first time he had a positive test and then a series of negatives. Obviously, in the end, it turns out it's a false positive. Evidently, this is not a false positive, so he is not going to coach the uh, game against Auburn on Saturday. All right. The vast majority of games are going to be played. Now, Friday's actually a really good slate when it comes to college football. College football on Friday's really good. You got, at noon, Iowa State-Texas. Pretty good. At 1 o'clock on Fox, Nebraska-Iowa, and then the 3.30 game on ABC will be Notre Dame and North Carolina. Then the final game, that's on ABC. And the final game of the day is going to be Oregon-Oregon State Friday, and that's at 7.30 on ESPN. Dick in Milton. Hello, Dick. How are you today? Great to have you with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. 
do too, Steve. Hey, I was listening to you yesterday uh, when you were going on about the uh, coaches for a while, and then you talked about uh, Penn State in the preseason. You know, they missed this, they missed that, which I assume a lot of teams did. But my only question is, five actually, games into yeah, the season, actually, whoa, whoa, after whoa, they whoa, played hey, pretty stop, well hey. against Indiana, they're oh, playing worse. You would have thought down the line the team would have improved oh, after five God. games, not digressed. Okay. All right, let's start with this. First of all, you're wrong. All right, so let's well, start with that. I might, I might okay. be wrong, but they're 0-5. That's let my me, point. L- nope, let me, let me stop you right there. When I say they miss this and miss that, okay? Alabama had spring practice. Did you know that? I, yeah, you, I listened yeah. to yesterday. I was just telling okay. all that. Clemson had spring practice. Indiana had spring practice. That. Ohio State had spring practice. Penn State didn't. So when you, my point was with new coaches, not with older coaches. If Penn State had older coaches, I wouldn't really be talking about this. But when you have new coaches in the trenches, I specifically locked in on that. I didn't talk about Kirk. I didn't talk about Taylor Stubblefield. The reason I didn't, and I mentioned, I said it straight out. I said it straight out. That because with through walkthroughs and things like that, you can work on route trees and things like that. So that's why... I was very specific about yesterday, not talking about them. I said, but in the trenches, that's where you really do need hitting and you really do need evaluation. And without the spring, they couldn't do it. So that's why I took the time. Right? Now I feel like I wasted my time explaining walkthroughs, skill instruction, preseason um, with um, acclimation, second preseason with acclamation, then finally hitting, that that's what derailed, in my opinion, those two coaches from really getting a really good read and teaching compared to if they had spring practice. Right Now, that's just, that's just sitting here and actually telling fans things they don't know. You didn't know what skill instruction was. You didn't know what acclamation is. You didn't know the other, some other teams had spring practice because they start earlier. All the SEC teams go earlier because of the weather. Uh, Indiana got rolling. They were almost halfway through when they got done. Ohio State was off and rolling with their spring practice. They started earlier. Um, so that's what I was talking about, those, those two specific spots, not the other two. The other two you can do walkthroughs and things like that. I got it. That's why I mentioned that. That's called being fair in your commentary. Where now I'm saying that these two, they needed 11 practices in the spring. Where now you're hitting because the other four practices you're not hitting, Dick. Yeah, there are four pra- There's three practices that you you can't hit, and there's one that usually before you play your blue white game you do a walkthrough. So I'm talking about the other 11. So I'm talking about that part there for those two coaches has, to me, set them back in what they wanted to do. Now look, are they 0-5? Yeah, they're 0-5. Have they, have they given up too much pressure up front? Yes. Have they been able to generate a ground game? Not consistently. That's all true. Have they generated pressure up front from the defensive line? Eh, some, but not as much as we thought. All right, there's no getting around it. But I was very specific about why those two coaches I looked at because that needed a spring practice as opposed to the other two new coaches who probably would not have. That's pretty specific, right? And probably gave some information that probably you didn't know how it worked. Well, that, that, but my only my only point was as well as I thought they played against Indiana. Since then, they've never they haven't even come close to playing at that level to me. 
And I just think they've digressed. I would have fought in five games, five weeks into the season. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they don't do anything in between games from Saturday to Saturday. I just think they're they're just playing worse in this, this at this point in the season. They haven't improved mm-hmm. at all. In fact, I thought they've digressed. And well, that has nothing to do with what they did before the season started. That's five weeks into the present season when they're playing, practicing. Okay, That's so my let's point. so let's let's just just for a couple of yayas do some facts. Okay, uh, Indiana game, good start, get a nice drive, score, right. You don't have journey, and then you lose Noah Kane. You're like, you got to be kidding me, really? But you're up seven nothing. Then you don't. To your point, they don't generate anything after that. This is the part of the game, to be honest with you, where Jack and I were looking at each other like, come on, let's go. You got a chance to go up two scores, put the level of doubt, and they hit a lull in that game. Now they're down seventeen seven. You're like, oh, for crying out loud! Now you look around, and then to your point. They get going. And from that point on, they outscore them, uh, what, 21-3, to to your point. And they played really good football, to your point, in that stage. Then they give up the touchdown, the two-point conversion. Then, of course, we know what happened in overtime. Ohio State is just really good. That happens. They do that to everybody, it seems. Yet after falling behind 14 nothing, they kind of get their sea legs too late and outscore them 25-24. Well, it doesn't matter. You're down 14 nothing. Maryland, you explain to me how they fall behind that team like that. I can't. don't know. I saw it now, happen. I don't I mean, know how, I mean, but I saw I, it. I sat there in disbelief watching it. And same thing. You're down 28 nothing. Oh, then you outscore them 19-7. to Well, it's too late. Right? Then you get to the Nebraska game. What happens again? You turn the ball over early in the game, and now you're down 10 nothing. So now, okay, great, now you're down two scores again. In four straight games, you walk on the field for the second offensive possession. You're down two scores. You're looking around like, you got to get your backside out of the gate because then the game settles in. Oh, and then they start playing really well when the game settles in. Well, they got to settle in before that. And then the Iowa game, they took a lead. 7-3. to three. All right. Drive looked good. 14 plays, 75 yards. And once again, it's this is Dick, this has happened every doggone time. I swear to you. Where Penn State does something positive offensively, gets something, and the very next drive, the defense doesn't stop them. They give up a score. And it's, that's the part that, to me, is just baffling about this. You get some prosperity... And then you give it up. And then, when that happens, then you flip it around. They've given up a defensive touchdown in three straight games. I'm talking about the offense turning it over. You can't win that way. And you're right. I I cannot, for the life of me, figure this out. I've watched it. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to analyze it. Jack and I are trying to rack our brains. We can't figure it out. Well, you're gonna, this is going to sound a little stupid to you, but and and I know this happens and that should happen on every team. They maybe they just don't really have team leaders on that field when they're out there. And let's see, that's the hardest part for me to judge. And normally like it is, it's hard to I, judge, but I but I see guys that are team leaders. You can tell when they're out well, there. No, well, no, I, I want to explain like my point of view. I could answer that question in every other year. I could answer it. Because I'm out in the practice field with them. So I see who the leaders are, who's not, who's a follower. You know what I mean? 
I can't answer that this year because I'm allowed to watch practice, but I'm not allowed to be with them. So I can't. So that's why I, I can't tell. You very well may be right, but I can't answer it because I don't know. I'm not. This is a, one, the one year I have no contact with the players except for a quarterback club. You know what I mean? Well, I'll let you go. Have a nice Thanksgiving. You have a nice Thanksgiving. Uh, appreciate it. It's the darndest thing. I mean, it's just this is 180 of how I thought it was going to play out. 180. And I don't know. I don't have any answers. I just see the same stuff where you finally get some prosperity, you give up a score the next possession. Really? You couldn't have had a stop there? Right? And then you can build upon it. Or the defense gets a couple of stops, and the offense then turns it over and it goes for a touchdown. It's just, it's one of those deals where you feel like anything that goes wrong goes wrong. And Matt will probably put some snarky thing on the on the podcast. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So I was telling Matt during the break, I guess little little Luke had his first Thanksgiving last night, right? That's right. Now everything was out of a jar. <laughs> no, actually, we grinded our real food up so we can eat it. So so, what did he have? We grinded up some mixed veggies, and we and we pounded down a little bit more some uh, mashed potatoes. That's great. All right, so it's really odd because I mean, of lately he's getting a little bit older. That's how the suit's been eating his food. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so so that's terrific. Now, what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow we're going to her family. We did it with my family last night because it, our our parents take turns babysitting him on Mondays and Tuesdays. So it was my family's week. So we did Thanksgiving with them yesterday, and then we're going to go to Lisa's parents for Thanksgiving tomorrow in Indiana, PA. That is okay. Okay. Uh, I'll be sitting here. <laughs> just <laughs> just the two of us. That's what we got. Yeah. Not doing anything else, but yeah, that's all. That's all we're doing. The uh, <laughs> I'll, 
probably put up some Christmas decorations tomorrow. How about that? Because I've got the I've got the game essentially done. I got to make a couple lineup changes and things like that, but that's fine. That's you know, but that's what I got. So here's the COVID testing. Now this is where I'm gonna get to Chris Mack in a moment. So I said to Matt, I said Penn State conducted 1,381 COVID-19 tests. How many positives? Give me a guess. And Matt says. Good. Oh, I said four. Yeah. I said, wow. I said, that's a great guess. Way to go. He says, no. He says, I've got the email in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) This is how you're teaching your young child. This is that your young child is going to learn. I was just more using my resources. I'm sorry. That doesn't fly, man. (laughs) That, That doesn't fly. I'm telling you. In my resources. You're, so you're teaching the little guy to cheat. No, I, I'm prepared. I'm prepared just like you. Yeah, wait. <laughs> and just one other quick point about when I was talking with Dick. My point was about the two line coaches. You need hitting there. And when you're going through skill instruction, you don't hit. You go through walkthroughs, you don't hit. I'm telling you, because these were designated, all right? Right. It was in the spring where they need they needed a spring practice where they could sit there and evaluate what they had because they all know these guys. Yeah, you work out with them, you meet with them, whatever. But you don't you don't know what you're dealing with. You watch tape, but you want to see in practical application. They didn't have that. Uh, now, if they had veteran coaches, say for example, it was still Matt Linegrover and it was still Sean Spencer, I wouldn't even brought it up. Never would have even brought it up. Because they already know the guys. You know, the the freshmen they don't know, but especially in the line, I mean, how many freshmen are you going to play? Uh, true freshmen. Not that many, especially when you got veterans. So that wouldn't even come into play. But when you have brand new coaches in those two spots, that does play a role to me, not having the spring. I, I wouldn't have said a word about not having spring practice, period. I, it was something I was thinking about this week. And I thought, yeah, I mean, look, you can you can do the walkthroughs and the route tree and the, the, the playbook and things like that. That's why I didn't talk about Kirk or Taylor. It has an effect on them, but still, you can still do all that in skill instruction. It's, you know, it's not full speed, but but with the lines, yeah, how do you pack, pick up full speed stunts? How do you pick up full speed twist games? How do you run full-speed stunts? How do you run full-speed? How do you learn how to scrape off either a stunt or a blitz? And that's where you could clean up a lot of that stuff as a starting point for you in the spring, saying, okay, we had 11 practices. Where are we hit? All right, now we got to talk about you need this. I don't like your foot position here. I don't like how you extend your arms there. I like what you're doing here. I like what you're doing there. But when you're trying to do it on the fly, getting ready for a season, you are a little bit behind the eight ball. That's not the reason they're 0-5. There's a list of reasons why they're 0-5, starting with, without a doubt, turnovers. But I feel like the two line coaches, in talking about them specifically, I felt they worked at a disadvantage without having the spring. Because of the, because they didn't get that practical application. Now, do I think they should be an zero and five? Nope. 
Nobody does. All right. Let's now get to Chris Mack. The Steeler game with the Ravens. The suit is in a tizzy. Right? Would you say that? Yes, he's not happy. One bit. I mean, let's start with this, all right? The cream was not the exact texture he needed for his coffee this morning. He already was set off to begin with. <laughs> Just the way it is, right? And when they played Hail to the Chief when he walked in today, one of the trumpeters missed a note. Everything's wrong. So let's uh, bring in Chris Mack from Pittsburgh. Chris, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Yes, yes, just a little bit, Steve. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, yep, we're flying by the seat of our pants this year, but I guess uh, that's to be expected. And it's not, you know, it's not entirely shocking given the the positives that have come out of Baltimore, uh, the positive test results that have come out of Baltimore in the last few days. But I certainly understand frustration too. I mean, I I, I see it as a case where uh, the two times. Uh, that the NFL has acted out of an abundance of caution, as they would put it, um, or two out of three times have landed squarely on the Steelers, despite n- no fault of their own, right. uh, despite just a few weeks ago the, the 49ers uh, being forced to play through an issue. There was caution thrown to the wind there when a Thursday night game was yeah. at stake. We've seen the Patriots lose their starting quarterback the day before a game and it only get moved back 24 hours. Yep. They had to play. Um, so it, it's hard to square the logic right now with the NFL's decision. Again, I, I think the issue here is contact tracing. Because, mm-hmm. it's, and no offense, it's five players that have it, which means, what, well, they have 53? Uh, what's the expansion? It's 53? So that means 48 don't. Yeah. Right. Well, and you yeah. could practice squad guys, and, right. and you could say upwards, even if they, I think they may have gotten two additional positives today I just saw a couple minutes right. ago. Um, so you could even be talking about seven players out of about 70 who are, you know, uh, between uh, full roster and practice squad who are positive. Uh, I think I saw Trace actually came in. McSorley is one of the ones who was right. uh, test, test positive today. So, right. um, you know, it, it, it's, it, I understand the, the process of the contact tracing, and you want to conduct that. Um, but if if there's two ways to go about this. You either – push the game off, and okay, if that's going to be your, your blanket policy, then it all kind of falls in line with everything we've seen, except the the Titans-Steelers game, which was right. completely rescheduled, right. and really the one that sticks out, again, is, is this 49ers game from a couple weeks ago, which right. um, I would imagine there was still contact tracing going on, uh, and, it w- and it was hard to guarantee. You can't guarantee a 110% secure environment uh, at any point this season, I think, so that's what has a, a lot of the Steelers frustrated and has a lot of their fans frustrated. Have they picked a time for the game on Sunday, or is it still TBD? Not that I've noticed in the last five to ten minutes. Uh, it was still TBD. I think if you look at it, there's – I mean, it would make a ton of sense, at least to fulfill their obligation to NBC, to simply put it on Sunday night and move the Bears and Packers to uh, a 1 o'clock slot. I, I don't move, know if the Bears... I, I move the Bears and Packers to Saturday. Uh, so <laughs> Or just off the schedule. Off Can we just schedule. take that one? No. Um, Make it a Monday um, night doubleheader or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and who knows? You know, they might be waiting just to see how things come back tomorrow with the Ravens because if you get a couple more positives tomorrow, then we might be looking at pushing this thing back in all seriousness to... Monday. Monday, 
yeah. or Tuesday. You know, we've we've seen that happen earlier this year. Um, so again, if if that's going to be their blanket policy, all right, I'm on board with that. I get it. I don't like the fact that the Steelers got, you know, jobbed out of their bye week and now are getting jobbed out of what would have been like a little mini buy a long weekend. But as Mike Tomlin has said, we do not care. Uh, it's a direct quote. So they'll roll with the punches and use the extra couple of days to prepare. And this doesn't preclude the Ravens. You know, this doesn't mean J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are magically going to be able to play again. That's right. When this when this game is ready to go, because they did test positive. So. Uh, this is more about the close contacts and who would have or could uh, be held out based on that scenario. Yet this team is still 10-0 and 0 at this point. There's always been the factor of, over the years, uh, the Steelers played down to the Jags. The Steelers played down to when the Raiders were bad. They played down, you know. What does it tell her? Is there something that about the maturity of this team where it just looks yeah. like they just play? Yeah, I think it was, I want to say it was Cam Hayward who said something yesterday, the effect of, you know, he was asked why the, the team seems to be buying into the the Mike Tomlin ethos more this year than perhaps they have in a long time. You know, Mike Tomlin is, he's very no-nonsense. Yeah. He's going to give it to you straight. He's also going to give it to you in a way that makes it very memorable, right? You know, he does that with his team on purpose. He's got all those Tomlinisms dialed up because he knows it'll reinforce the thought and make it easier to remember what he's trying to get these guys to focus on. And Cam said, in effect, you know, paraphrasing, but, you know, we, it just feels like we've connected with it better this year. And I think that's because you got a lot of veterans on this team. you got guys like Roethlisberger and Hayward, and you can go up and down the roster. Not that young guys aren't having an impact, certainly. I mean, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, uh, there, there's plenty of young guys that are having an impact. Um, but I think it's it's it is a very veteran laden team, you know, guys in important spots, and, and then you have guys stepping up, you know, uh, Spillane and Devin Bush's absence, um, you know, Kevin Dotson stepped up for three or four weeks, and David DeCastro's absence, you know, uh, you have Joe Hayden go out for a couple series on Sunday, and all of a sudden Just, Justin Lane is in there making plays, and we haven't seen much from him since he was drafted. So you see Cam Sutton step up, and Mike Hilton's absence at nickel. Um, they've they've had all of that happen this year, and I think it, it is a great credit to not just what Mike Tomlin has done and, and, and his ethos taking over, but the players buying into it. And no, no question about that. They also got a running game going on Sunday. Again, it is Jacksonville. But moving, right. moving forward, when you get to the one-and-dones, how important is that going to be to get some semblance of running game to go with Ben? Well, you've, you've, you've at least got to have the threat of it. You know, if, if, if Ben, if they want to go out there against, you know, whoever it may be in the playoffs, Baltimore again, Indianapolis, the Raiders, Kansas City, Cleveland, whoever it is, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball. If they throw it like they have this year, those quick timing routes, Ben getting rid of the ball in less than 2.4 seconds, um, that, that's fine. I have no problem with that being the crux of the offense, but you've got to at least have the threat of a run game. And I think that's somewhat what they got back towards uh, down in Jacksonville. They'll have to do it again when they finally play this Ravens game, whether it's Sunday or another day, whenever right. it may be. Uh, I think they've got an opportunity based on who's going to be out for the Ravens because of positive tests and other injuries to run the ball successfully against Baltimore. So if they can continue to build that positive momentum and running the ball, because you're going to need it where you need it is 
you get the ball back and you're up by two on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, and you've got to pick up three first downs uh, inside of four minutes right. to ice to salt the game away, and they've got all three of their timeouts. You want to force them to use them. You want to get under the two minute warning and all that before the you know you, you maybe have to give the ball back. You'd like to not give it back at all, but you've got to run clock and. It takes. We've seen more batted passes at the line from Ben Roethlisberger yeah. this year than ever before because he's trying to get it out so quickly. One ball gets tipped up and picked off, or one ball gets batted down and it stops the clock. Those are the kind of little things that can keep you from salting a game away in those, as you put it, one and dones. So let's get to Ben Roethlisberger for a moment. I think mm-hmm. the general perception would be like, wow, look at him, he's an MVP candidate and so forth. So in reality, how well has he played? I think it's it's been remarkable the fact that he's been willing to to com- completely change the way he plays. I mean, the, it, we did see a little bit of an evolution Sunday in Jacksonville. You know, he extended a couple plays a little bit with his feet. Uh, he chucked the ball downfield more than he has at all this year, and that's good. They need to do that as well to keep defenses honest. But uh, the fact that he's been willing to take a step back, especially from 2018, he led the league in interceptions. Uh, take a step right. back and, and consider how important it is to simply possess the ball and just say, you know what, seven-yard slants and seven-yard outs. Heck, three-yard slants and, and, and zero routes to the line of scrimmage. I don't care. Let's just complete passes and continue to move the ball down the field, and let's keep possession of the ball. And I know, as Ben Roethlisberger, I've got to be careful with the football, more careful than I've ever been before because I'm 38, i got a reconstructed arm, and I, I have this wealth of wide receiving targets. I've got four wide receivers, five wide receivers I trust, two tight ends I trust, uh, and a back out of the backfield that can catch the ball. I've got to use those weapons to my benefit and my offense's benefit and not worry about whether my average air yards per attempt impresses some guy at pro football focus or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Always a pleasure, Chris, to you and your family. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for the friendship, thankful for the times that you're on the show, and uh, you are very much appreciated. Oh, same to you, Steve. I, I always love jumping on with you guys. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and by gosh, let's get a couple wins against the Harbaugh's this weekend, okay? Yeah, I know. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> loud and clear. Happy Thanksgiving, my man. That's Chris Mack in Pittsburgh. And again, uh, we've got a we do have a problem. Guess who's not happy? Yes, the suit. Steelers aren't playing tomorrow night. Well, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, that's that was a game I was looking forward to very much. Same. But yeah. You now it's late in the day. This will be fun. This will be fun. Said, I got nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Sad. Yeah. And then, of course, all the swearing that's going on in the, in the corner office. I, I don't get that, Matt. I, mean, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Just because we had to reschedule one thing? <laughs> okay. It's COVID. Jeez. All right, back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on this day before Thanksgiving on News Radio 1070. Okay, okay.